Hello, welcome to the Real Playing Shanes. This is Adam, and really, like, don't have any of the other regulars around here, but I do have someone I've been regularly gaming with for the past, oh, over a year, hasn't it been? <coughs> oh, hello, I'm Review Cultist, <laughs> uh, also known as Crazon or Chris. Um, <laughs> yes, it's been about a, it's been about a year. <laughs> yeah, been about a year, and I'm really horrible at introducing people. So those of you out in the you know internet land, you just kind of got a taste of it. I'll just kind of assume everybody knows everybody. So you know, you obviously should have you know read the show notes and known that Crazon Review Cultist is sitting here. So this is a song, about, a story about us. So yeah, I've become familiar with you through like going through the channels that uh, role playing public radio was going on. And I remember, actually, we talked about this not too long ago. I think I, the first thing I noticed about you was your artwork that you were submitting for um, the tribes of Tokyo. Scenario. Everyone gets, everyone stops me at uh, with tribes of Tokyo. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that that was like, that's like what everybody knows me from <laughs> is just the tribes of Tokyo art. <laughs> I, that was my that was my first take, and there was like God, there was like eight episodes of it. That that was pretty good marketing yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I I I'm so happy about the uh, I think my favorite one out of it is the Pikachu. <laughs> it's like it's not even like that really like it, it didn't take me that long to do. It's really just silhouettes, but it was just <laughs> that that ep- that session was just so like yeah, <laughs> it was so inspirational. <laughs> Well, maybe I kind of tie I, t- I tie you in with all this because that was actually th- the point of me listening to actual plays. It's like, well, it's time to start playing again, you know. And then kind of caught uh, wind a uh, podcast that you you are currently still running. It's very successful. The Adente Rigamortis uh, Creepy Pasta Podcast. Please tell me I said that right. I don't have to edit you, that out. You did it. <laughs> you got <laughs> it. It's yeah. I just want to say rigor mortis, comma, al dente. It's like, I don't know. This is kind of to, me. To be fair, there's a typo in rigor mortis. <laughs> so when I first started, when I first started like posting it and like typing it up and like using the, like the name al dente rigor mortis, I misspelled rigor mortis. It's not I R or it's not R I G O R. It's R I G A. Ah. Uh, so. Yeah, our our podcast about discussing creepypastas and has developed a like a nook in our in our uh, in our segments for picking away at grammar. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't know what else to say other than we're hypocrites. Hey, you know, it's like Nietzsche says, you know, beware you who hunt monsters. Uh, you know, yet you unless you become one or something yeah. like that. He also talked about free love and he died of syphilis. I think the two may be connected. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of rattled. So you've established yourself as uh, a podcast that goes over creepy pastas. Listened to quite a few. Been on a few of those episodes. Kind of yeah. share, share those out. I had a lot of fun. And recently, and by recently I mean in the past year and a half, after a brief conversation at Gen Con. I presented to you a uh, Delta Green scenario. I was kind of wanting to work up in my head, and we uh, right the hope the uh, sorry the, the homeless one like the the one with the uh, the 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 homeless wishmaker basically yeah the homeless wishmaker I kind of it was inspired by a creepy pasta that I, I had encountered. I was talking to you about it. You encouraged me to write it up um, and run it, and then we did a talkie episode for uh, Rigor Mortis Al Dente. I did it. I fucked <laughs> yep. it up. Al Dente Rigor Mortis, <laughs> it's okay. sorry. It's <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I posted that. So that was kind of the beginning of this. And th- since that time, oh my God, you are just such a wealth of ideas. Like, it's just, it's been nonstop. Like, it just seems like every time we sit out and talk about role-playing games or just talking in general, it's just Hey, I have this idea. Hey, I have this idea. So I was thinking about you're getting quite a bit of inspiration here. I was kind of hoping that you could share how you refine creepy pastas down into a gameable material. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of one of those things that like my brain doesn't turn off <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's constantly getting like taking in like ideas and that i like from like the media i like which is creepypasta movies video games stuff like that and it it just doesn't stop sometimes (laughs) 
so and most of the time like with creepypastas like there there are some that are just so gameable like again with like some of the podcasts that we 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 peruse like uh rppr uh roleplay public radio for doesn't anyway um <laughs> or like the drunk and the ugly and like tech diff and at your podcast rpx like which i was a fan of before i met you and at gen con and then it turned out you were also a fan of my stuff which mm-hmm. was awesome so like yeah that my my kind of mentality was shifted from like story writing and stuff like that to kind of game design very quickly over the last couple of years and like with delta green and like all the different horror and sen- like horror settings and uh and systems like fear itself esoterist so and then like reading creepypastas it's just really like some of them you just it's low-hanging fruit <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just takes like tweaking it to like ha- and have the players be in the situation and like stat out the monster or or don't stat out the monster. <laughs> yeah, but like just use the descriptors that are in the stories and like or the or like something. I'll be like wa- I'll watch something pr- uh, uh, in recently that connected to that or connected to somehow my brain connected the lo- the dots between it and a creepypasta. And so I'll like try and merge them together into a scenario. Yeah. It's kind of the same, the way that the, um, the game that we ran uh, not too long ago and is getting posted mm-hmm. <laughs> Hachi Yukasama, which was a combination of the, it's a creepypasta, but it's also more of an, an internet urban legend. Hachi Yuka or Hachi Shakusama or eight feet tall, which yeah. is like a Japanese slender man, yokai creature uh, story. And the, all the information like for the monster from, that I used for the scenario is in that story. And then I had been visiting my sister downtown in Toronto and going into her apartment for the first time. I just got the sense that like, this is a J horror setting. Like this apartment, like the closed, closed spaced uh, hallways, the, uh, the kind of like two person, uh, like the two person apartments, it just felt very much like a Japanese horror, like the grudge or the ring. And I was just like, that is like an ideal setting. And then we, uh, me and uh, my other hosts on El Dente Rigor Mortis, uh, plus somebody who uh, I've talked to off, off of recording for, uh, for many years regarding uh, like horror and scary uh, internet things. We, we, we had an episode on there and we talked about how to use this creature for that because the story itself there i mean there's not a whole lot to say other than for some reason hachi shakusama scared the hell out of us like me and my one friend and we didn't really know why because like it's it's an, just like it's like another internet like reddit no sleep story or creepypasta but for some reason like when we when we get to talking about it it just kind of really unnerved us so we could envision things so we started talking about that and uh, in our episode, we basically brainstormed what became the scenario that I ran for you and uh, Travis. Oh God! So let's go ahead. Is, let's go ahead and put this out there for you all. Ideally, how we are going to we're going to be working this out. I would recommend you listen to this episode after you yeah. uh, listen to the actual place. So now you've kind of got a little bit of a taste. Kind of set this down for a moment. Go out and listen to a uh, rather. It was tense. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to shit you on this. It was like, I, it was. It was a slow burn, tense game, and I absolutely loved it. It's like it's been one of the my favorite games I've played all year. Oh my god! And, thank you. <laughs> oh, it was great, man. Like seriously. So again, wait. You got another podcast, don't you? Wait. I do. So Al Dente Rigamortis is my discussion creepypasta horror. Um, maybe <laughs> spawn. <laughs> um, but I don't do a lot of uh, like, and like recently we've been doing, we've been talking a lot or we've been mentioning on the show about like game fodder and stuff like that, because Hey, that's what we're into. And it's kind it, it's, it's narrative focus, but it's also like its own kind of thing. And for years be like, again, like I mentioned a bunch of podcasts that I've listened to uh, previously. And those were all the inspiration for like doing podcasts in general. Um, but also that I always wanted to do like a, a podcast that posted like my games that I ran because I started recording very like seven years ago. Oh, maybe Lord. I started recording podcast. I started recording our, our, my, my Cthulhu game scenarios and stuff of like that with my group of buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never got around to like posting it because financially it was just kind of like daunting until recently. 
when I was we were switching over to uh, our new hosting site, Podbean, a uh, mm-hmm. great site. Kiwi Six can die in a fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and really, it's, my my issues with Kiwi Six is just transparency. Yeah, the host like they're they're. they're I think I honestly think it's like a one man like crew there, and he doesn't reply to emails at all. But Podbean um, allows you to like like you can actually like talk to a human being like via email yeah. and. Yeah, so we started anyway, we started doing El Dente Rigor Mortis on it. We switched over to El Dente Rigor Mortis to Podbean. And as I was going through and looking at their uh, their uh, hosting uh, prices and stuff like that, it seemed really manageable, really easy. And I felt safe in a financially to like start a second podcast. So uh, yeah, we uh, I've started another one called One Less Die, which you actually have one of your other uh, hosts to thank for, <laughs> Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah. <laughs> And uh, his uh, his old podcast uh, group, uh, Fistful of Misanthropes, yeah, um, they got me hooked onto Shadowrun, and recently that has become a shared obsession with my uh, my normal gaming group. So, and there was an uh, there's a Twitter uh, posting that kind of spawned the name One Less Die because in Shadowrun there's a spell called One Less like Orc or One Less Troll or One Less Dragon, yeah. like it's basically a kill spell. And somebody, uh, I think somebody like one, Noah or somebody on like one of their podcasts said one less die, like as in like they had to remove one of the die from their pool. And I was like, man, that would make a really good like podcast name for a Shadowrun game for a Shadowrun podcast. And I posted that on Twitter, Noah and a bunch of other people commented and basically is like, do it, like make it a podcast. And I was like, all right, that's going to be the name. <laughs> that's going to be the spark that lights under my ass to actually get a po- uh, the podcast post uh, started. So, yeah, one less die or old, <laughs> as it is an acronym, or it's is it an acronym? Texto. Acronyms are typically like words, like that are like like the the initials of each yeah letter. I hope, God damn it! See, look, they're gonna be judging me so hard if I screw this up because I got an English degree, but it's not like. And I also I wrote a podcast about about criticizing uh, like critiquing uh, like writing. So that's this is both like, this is terrible for both of us. I, look, dude, I mean I've got this hypocritical thing down. I got two kids. I'm like, yeah, don't do that. And then you know I'll do. But nice, yeah. Sorry. Um. So yeah, we are. Uh, we started in November with one last die, like posting biweekly initially. But as of like the new year, we're going to be switching to a weekly basis. As I have maybe like eight to 10 months of backlog, like in terms of like content from like the last couple of years that I've actually finally gotten around to editing. So, and so it's going to be shadow run. And then the next, the, the, the off weeks for the, for a little while anyway, will be uh, a call of Cthulhu D 20 setting that, uh, that me and my buddies came up with not, it's not Cthulhu mythos purely. It's kind of one of our own making. Yeah. And because again, because, for some reason, Call of Cthulhu D20, we really fell in love with because it was a system that we all knew, D20 at the time. Yeah. And it was also Call of Cthulhu, so you were actually squishy in, for a D20 party. Like, it wasn't like D20 Modern, where, like, you have a class, like a, a fast hero or a strong hero, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. You were just a regular human being, and you have skills based off of an occupation. So it's a system that we all knew, and it was a... Uh, a setting that I really loved and wanted to like bring to the table because uh, at that point it was just adventuring and dungeoning. Um, so I basically brought to the table investigative horror and everybody really liked that. So that's, it was basically our first campaign that I ever successfully ran and finished. Uh, and we're going to be ro- rolling that out every other week intermingled with our Shadowrun campaign that we've been doing recently. Sweet. And also at some point, Little fears, perhaps. Yep, I'm gonna probably just uh, throw that in whenever you feel like posting on yours. I'm gonna kind of like because I think we're doing. Are we doing? We're doing a cross promotion thing for that. Yeah, too. yeah, okay. we're pre- pretty much folks like basically what we're we're experimenting with here is a lot of these games. Like I've got one that um, I ran over the past summer, which was the Apocalypse West. I would be happy to uh, cross post that as well. So you may, if you subscribe to both of us, which please do. We would, we would love to have you, have you here. You may get a little double up here, but I mean, it's it's okay. You know, like, you, know you can't have too much of a good thing, right? Hopefully. <laughs> and I mean, like, I, like again, I plan on posting it, like posting these stuff, like amidst our other stuff. So there's going to be a ton of content coming out, yeah. <laughs> rolling out. So 
Like you can't get enough Shadowrun, folks. Come on, fistfuls of dice. <laughs> so yeah, we're basically for the uh, year 2020 of our Lord, or if I got that backwards a little bit, we're gonna be, uh, you know, you're gonna be hearing quite a bit of us together here and there. So if you could do me a favor, which we'll, we're gonna pull us around now again. If you haven't stopped listening to us ramble yet, you may want to stop, listen to the actual play, come back. We're not going anywhere. Like, yep, yeah, we'll wait. All right, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> and um, I would like you to go ahead and um, set the stage. So, what I'm going to ask of you is right now, and of course, in our show notes, you we're going to link not only actual play but the episode which was kind of the fodder for this as well so you can kind of follow along but i would like you to kind of recap chris so what was the name of the scenario that you ran for me and travis and should we do like a like a spoilers thing it's like so i hope you hope you've listened to that episode because yeah, I, we're now about to spoil some stuff about the episode. <laughs> I've, told, I've, I've told him twice to just stop yeah. <laughs> listening. So at, at this point, like, referring for a while. Okay, so yeah, it's uh, the the story or the uh, the the scenario uh, that I made uh, that I came up with. Uh, I I named Hachi Yuka Sama, which is a play on words for Hachi Shaku Sama, which literally translate. Well, I don't know if it actually literally translates because Sama. Anyway, Hachi Shaku Sama is the Japanese version or the Japanese name for eight feet tall, which is basically a tall, slender, supernatural woman who steals children that they, she has marked. Um, And so you, and like basically in the story, the creepypasta itself or the urban, the Japanese urban legend story kid sees her on the other side of a hedge. That's really tall, eight feet tall. In fact, goes to her, to to his grandparents and tells them that he saw a strange woman they freak out, throw them in the in in a room, and tell them not to like open it for anybody. And then over a night, basically, he is resist resisting the urge to open the door for like voices and stuff he hears. And every time the the creature gets foiled, basically, or by by it not by not being allowed in, you hear this like deep like voice, almost like manly voice from from the from the creature saying "po po po." So the kid's in the room for like overnight in the morning uh, when it's when he's uh, told to come out, he gets out and uh, his parents, uh, grandparents and parents are there. There's a bunch of other people there. They rush him to an airport uh, to basically leave Japan forever because he's been marked by the eight feet tall and he's basically forced to leave the country completely. He then we uh, flash cut to a couple of years later. His grandfather has died, but he was not allowed to go to the funeral and his grandmother's been inflicted with some kind of disease like like a like cancer or something like that and she doesn't know how much long she has to live so she calls him and asks him like to come back and he's like but grandmother like it's like what about the 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 eight feet tall like i can't come back it's like oh i think it's been long enough you can come it's like but grandma I, like i i really don't think i should like like what about like i can't i, I don't want to like uh disobey what you uh, what grandfather said and then on the phone he hears poe Oh, oh. I just had, I just felt, I just had goosebumps. <laughs> That's what we got. Every time, every time me and my buddy would, would like hear those, I'd get, we'd get like shivers. Like we actually would prank each other. Like when we first discovered uh, eight feet tall, like on Reddit and like on YouTube videos and stuff, we would prank each other. Cause he lived in an apartment in, at the time, uh, one of the local towns. And I would come to his house and like, I'd have to use the, uh, the buzzer to get him in. And he'd like, he's like, Hey, what's up? And then I just do is like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he's just like, nope. <laughs> but, but then open the door. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, we don't like it, it. It's just it's just creepy. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that where that particular story ends is with the grandmother? The, the, the creature in person. Yeah, the creature impersonating the grandmother to try and get him to come back to Japan. <laughs> so at, at which point in all this did you? look at this this story concept and like i might build a game on there like what was it about uh this story as opposed to other things that you've encountered honestly it was just like i haven't i realized i hadn't done a lot of japanese horror like motifs and when we did our our al dente episode uh with my buddy the visionary is is his moniker on that episode when we got to talking about the about the creature and like why it scared us we inevitably started talking about how we can make it gameable 
And I, I gave him my kind of input about like how, like his old apartment is kind of how I envisioned us dealing like first encountering the creature like if it were to come to be in real life or be uh, like if we were trapped in that situation i always envisioned it trying to get at us from his apartment <laughs> and then um mikey the stands for evil on our show um brought up the fact that like the reason why it can't cross the ocean uh which was another reason why like it seemed to be landlocked to japan is because well the ocean has salt in it and salt in the story i didn't mention it but it's in the story if you listen to the episode you get it but yeah salt is a like a purifying like kind of warning ward like artifact or like device in the story it uh the the salt turns black when the creature is present and uh, with that mixed with uh using a a buddhist statue as well he's basically protected inside the room but he knows that the creature's around because the salt has gone black so we started talking about like how like salt is probably one of its banes or at least one of its um uh one of its dreads yeah for like to use vampire terminology <laughs> or like, it's like the silver bullet or it's like the running water for vampires yeah so we started doing the stuff with that but we also like commented especially for like canada uh when we get into the winters uh we put ice down or we put uh, salt on the streets and stuff like that and so we started talking about like how cool would it be if like you guys if we do escape the 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 apartment we escape down into the lobby and we flee out into the street and then we look back and we see bl- uh, the salt on the street turning black. Oh God! As the creature, as the uh, as eight feet tall is approaching us. And you certainly included that scene. <laughs> yep. Oh no, I had to use that scene. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over to the game. So yep. folks, the the game began with, uh, of course, Travis and uh, Crazon and I have been playing together for a little over a year. Which is kind of sad that the backlog here of games that I post is kind of, you haven't seen anything yet, but give it time, give it time. <laughs> this is your year. Yep. But so you mentioned Fear Itself. Now, that Fear Itself was one of um, the first game when I got back into role playing. Uh, that was one of the first games I picked up, fell in love with it. You know, it's gumshoe, but at the same time, like you're not a badass like you are in Knights Black Agents. You are, I would say, even frailer than one that was playing like. Trail Cthulhu. So, and you've got like a negative quality to yourself that. Which you guys really lived up, or which you guys really like emphasized for your characters. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys purposely tried to make like the worst, like, or the, the people that you like, those people in movies that you love to hate. Yeah. <laughs> we were, um, to quote my father, a bunch of little shits, if you will. So, yeah, I was, I was on board. And then you present this scenario of just these two i think that i was like a charlatan that maybe had a little bit of psychic power yeah you were psychic but you were using your psychic powers to basically um jason blaine or like uh, like or no it was like uh basically like dead counseling yeah like people like you went to funerals and like counseled people who were like mourning <laughs> yeah <laughs> to make your to make your buck <laughs> I was an ambulance chaser if it was a hearse, and I was a really big piece of shit. And uh, I think Travis's character was oh, a uh, a Twitch streamer. He was a Twitch streamer and a catfish because <laughs> he was he was this big swole like internet like celebrity kind of like streamer content creator who didn't have use a cam and fake and like used a voice modulator to make himself seem like a girl or like a woman so that he'd get more views. <laughs> And so he took on, he had, he had a double persona of like uh, a a Twitch streamer who is like a cam, like cam girl kind of thing, but without the camera. Oh Lord. God. (laughs) So we were horrible people. And I think the entire scenario, if I'm not mistaken, um, my character who is of uh, Japanese descent, his uh, cousin who he is not like seen for a long time or not very familiar with at all calls him and warns him that she's coming and then you pretty much there's a couple of avenues i I take there but that's pretty much you're in your apartment boom shit's getting ready to happen and like that was all we had to go off of for the longest period of time yeah it was almost like three hours i think you guys were in the apartment (laughs) yeah yeah no like uh, i knew that one of you guys had to be of uh, Japanese heritage so that I could have that kind of scenario where like, cause that's how we had talked about it for, for the game scenario in the Al Dente episode was that one of us is targeted by her. And I was like, well, what it would be cool if 
one of you guys, like the character, the person that one of the pr- people was already was marked back in childhood and like lived in Japan back then and like don't doesn't remember or doesn't really recall that that time of their life. So they were like when they moved out to um uh, back to, like to North America to um kind of give that like uh what is it not media res it's like um or, or give you like kind of like the um the the past like coming back to haunt you kind of thing. Yeah, the sense of the father kind of thing. Well, no father really involved in that, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, like basically like past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a past sin, or like uh, and like because you would have been like really young when that happened, so like you may have forgotten about your time in Japan or like the the weirdness around that time uh, until you started smelling cherry blossoms and dumplings and. <laughs> Did I ruin? I hope I didn't ruin cherry blossoms and dumplings. No, no anime ruined cherry blossoms. Like I keep like you know. Apparently, it's an epidemic in these romantic slice of life animes. Oh, I yeah. realize over the Japanese petals just like yeah. floating by, sparkling eyes. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm hoping senpai notices me. I mean, just like so. Yeah, like you actually, I like the fact you added it sinister. So. You did a really great job on this scenario. I liked the fact that, you know, upon getting this and I call my father. Yeah. You pretty much, like, have this character trying to shield uh, the the character I was playing from what's actually going on while trying to handle it. So, like, you you are slowly, and this is what, I don't, honestly, dude, like, I know I've done it right here and there at times. I just sometimes feel like I don't do horror right. Like, it's a pacing deal that I kind of, don't do well but yeah you start off with the introduction boom she's coming your dad's like hey don't leave the apartment stay there everything's gonna be okay me and your mom are blah 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 oh my god she's here kind of thing like that and then you leave us to our own devices there so you know it's just the whole plot it's i loved it it was just percolating you know so to speak yeah and like it's been maybe two months since we played or a month or so i think I think the first hint is you played with the salt in that particular scenario. So you tied in the mythos of that uh, eight foot tall creature. Yeah. Like uh, I think somebody was going, uh, yeah, I want like somebody was going to the kitchen to grab food or something. So I like made you guys uh, either like spend a point or roll something to, uh, to notice that the, the salt had gone black. And uh, I kept like, every time you, your character would go out to like hit a drag of the, uh, of a cigarette out on the veranda. I like, tossed in that as well like where like she was like getting closer like uh, uh from the opposite building and stuff i forgot um, about that oh, and then there's the cat and mouse like her trying to get you to go outside or like trying to open the door like using people's voices because that's what she does as well she try she she imitates other people to um to uh to try and like trick you into going into letting her in basically and there was also there's uh where you were the only one that could actually see her because Travis would look outside uh, outside the door and not see anything. The the there was a banging se- there was a sequence where like there was just banging at your door and people outside your hallway were looking and couldn't see anything but there was something clearly banging at your door. And whenever you looked out the window uh, out through the uh through the door, she was just staring directly at you through the door. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else it's like and that was cool. I like I, did you never remember? I, like that's one of these games I just completely felt helpless in. Is that like I know that like the entire premise of I can avoid the entire premise of this by just staying in this room and knuckling down and stuff like that. And while you know that was kind of a game strategy that we did, like the things that you have done throughout the course of that scenario were like this is disrupting other people. And it's yeah. becoming an issue, and security is there, and this, that, and another. Like, and then it got to the point where the, the the security guy was threatening to call the cops because, like, he thought that you guys were like causing some kind of ruckus on the inside of the door. Yeah, and I think I think I even explained how we penny lock doors. Which, by the way, for those of you who don't know at home, yeah, I mean, personally, I didn't know what you like, how, like what you uh, what you were doing until like you, t- you told me about it. It's, it's just called a misfit youth now, Crazon. Like that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> just know that the, that the in the dorm they had to actually take the door off the hinges to get the kid out. Oh my god! I, I'm not gonna lie. I was really hoping that you guys would like go out to the veranda a little bit more so I could do some um, mumblecore creepy shit. <laughs> like I don't know if you've seen some of those videos on by the mumblecore um, YouTube channel. No, I don't believe I have. It's I, I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's CGI. 
because it's like people walking and like crab walking on a on a building on the side of a building grabbing other people and like lifting them up and then dropping them but like in like a creepy inhuman way <laughs> um like I'll, I'll send you actually i'll see if i can send a link yeah please do this this you know it's uh it's 10 o'clock at night i'll probably be going to bed here in about an hour and a half I mean. perfect <laughs> <laughs> just what you want to see then <laughs> uh yeah i had seen that this like this video like earlier that that week and i was like oh this is this is i want to post put this in the story as well i want to put this in the um in the video or in the not the video in the scenario you did do a bit of that by actually having you gave my character when i tried to use my psychic abilities i could actually see through the creature yes uh, like vision and i could like I, it was distorted because i didn't realize she was freaking tall overall but i mean i had this in my head it was something scaling the ceiling so i gotta ask you because I mean, the podcast in general, man, is kind of, it started off as just an excuse to get my friends together and play. And yeah. eventually, and to also better myself as a game master. Did you have that particular mechanic in mind from the very get-go as, like, it's just escalating and having these outside in, interferences be the catalyst to the um final confrontation in the scenario or were, was that just something that became apparent as you were running so, the game? One of my things that I've kind of learned um, from years of running horror games and Cthulhu games and stuff, uh, my group is very, they, they come up with very interesting tactics <laughs> uh, occasionally. So I've, I, I feel like I've like over the course of like running games and like reading creep bosses and like, taking ideas from them and some of that, and then like incorporating them into game ideas and like have, and then it's that, it's that mentality of like, uh, your, all your plans, um, are destroyed when confronted against the horror that is the players. So I've, I've learned to become a very reactionary GM. So I have an outline of what I want to see in the game. And then the rest of it is mostly improv. So like a lot of the stuff that like, you, a lot of the stuff that was happening, like uh, with the people trying to get you, basically the entire my entire attempt at you trying uh, trying to get you out of that that room was completely improv. Like in that in that moment, like me trying to like you like just whatever I had available in the scenario, like in the setting and in this in the situation at the time to try and get you out of that, or to try and get you to open the door, or like so yeah. <laughs> and like I had some I had some beats. Like I knew I, like when you guys. If you guys got out of the, the room, like if you went out through the window, like again, I was going to have this spider call thing. I've actually found it. <laughs> it's not even 10 seconds long, but it's creepy as hell. Uh, it's called the Creepy Climber, uh, at least the one I found, but it's by MBG underscore core. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's what was going to, you were going to see coming, like walk, like crawling up the uh, the apartment towards you. <laughs> I mean, it's in a nice way, but some bitch that's bad <laughs> but like and then like there were other things like if you went you know, like if you guys made it into the hallway uh again we, like we had the elevator situation and then also the um uh the the staircase corridor thing like me and my buddies had talked about like how we'd escape like the hotel or like the apartment uh complex that he was in um so i kind of just took those beats and used that for this game and i knew that once you if you guys got to the street we were going to do that but like the buddhist temple that you guys ran off to and stuff like that like that was in play at the time. Like that was all reactionary, <laughs> like situational. That was beautiful. Well, and this is honestly like I did this last night. We were in, uh, we're, we're actually wrapping up the 10 K by the way. We, oh. I was, yeah, we, uh, we ran a, a Joe's yesterday. It's a, this is the oops, all Joe's season for that. But the reason I'm kind of mentioning it is what well, there's one of them is going to take place at basically, uh, Minneapolis and uh, we were looking at the maps last night while doing the Joes and like I have never interacted with maps except with you and them on that occasion but it just so happened and God love Travis just you I've noticed something you, you give Travis an idea and he'll bird dog that thing and like get something figured out but yes he will <laughs> he looked we just looked on the map and there happened to be a Buddhist uh, temple not too awfully far from where you had this uh, entire game set up, so that was just you know dumb luck and great. Yeah, and I, like I, I there was actually like I, I didn't actually know there was one there. I had a temple, uh, like a Buddhist temple, um, like in mind, but then Travis pos uh, showed me this one, and this one was a lot closer to where you guys were because you guys were going to be going to like 
uh, Little Nepal, which is uh, another. There's there's a bunch of like little Chinas and little Tokyos, little Nepals in Toronto, which is where Haku, uh, Hachi Yukasama takes place. Is in the downtown core of Toronto, and because Toronto is such a multicultural conglomerate uh, of city, there's a lot of little neighborhoods that are make uh, from like different parts of the world. So I I found I when I when I initially Googled like for like I, I knew you guys were going to do something like to try and like find some way to stop it. Otherwise, like it was going wasn't going to end very well, <laughs> or you guys were just going to be. Uh, it was going to be one of those like Cthulhu games where like you can't defeat the monster at all. You're you're it's basically hopeless. I, I decided to give you guys a little bit of a chance, so I did look up initially. Um, there was a there was a temple in little in a in a a, a neighborhood called little uh, that's known as Little Nepal in um, uh, in Toronto. But then Travis found this one like a couple of blocks away from you guys, and in Little Japan no less, or in 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 uh, in, to- in uh, Little Tokyo of uh, of Toronto. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's that's even better. We'll just use that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was great. Because like now, the other one would have been like a, a car ride <laughs> to actually get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can't remember what was the catalyst to actually make us run out of the apartment. Like, I mean, the cops were getting ready to oh, come and stuff like that. I know. <laughs> it's because you gave me a loophole uh, because you were going to open the door mentally to Travis to, to be able to see the creature, to mark him. So... I kind of used that as like kind of a loophole. It's like, oh, you're opening the door. <laughs> God damn it. And then it was like Penny Hill scrambling to get out of there. After you had penny after you had penny locked the door. I think you had penny I think you guys had penny locked the door. I think we did. I didn't we did we actually use my I I've never taken a bunch of blankets and tying them together. Did we actually go outside the building or Nope. You never you you never went that route. Oh God! You took, the, you took the interior where, like, it was confined, cramped hallway <laughs> and elevator or or staircase. <laughs> uh, and then I believe you started going down the stairs, and all you guys and I made you roll an awareness of some kind to see her like blur past you as she like went fl- like falling through the the center of the staircase or the stairwell because otherwise she would have just been at the bottom when you guys got down there. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We managed to make it. Get out on the street. You do your black salt thing, which was dude, that was pretty cool. And I'll, I'm really and, happy it went that right. It, it it worked out as well as it did. Now I know in the actual play, I do mention this, so we'll kind of get to the end of it here. So I mean, intense saying we're running to the Buddhist temple. You spend all your athletics, <laughs> burn up all my athletics, and then and you know what? I I find this to be poetic. So I was inspired by the book by David Wong called John Dies at the End, where there was like a, a baseball bat that had a bunch of, a baseball bat with nails on it that had uh, bi- pages of the Bible like taped to it or something like that. And they called it the Bible Belter. And yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, I need a weapon. So I like, I think, uh, I think you, I wrote symbols. Like I just started writing random. I, I just, yeah, you started writing um, Buddhist prayers all over the, um, all over this bat. And meanwhile, me and Travis, like, we do what you were, like, I do what you're doing. Travis seemed, like, uh, seemed to have the exact same thought process as I, like, caught onto it. Because he, he private messaged me. It's like, I feel really bad because I know, I, I think I know wh- uh, what he's doing and it's not going to work the way he wants it to work. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? To both of your credit, like, I'm glad Travis didn't explain to me how, um, but, uh, you know, like, the uh, prayers work. Because, well... To be frank with you, I, th- I think that, you know, I deserved every bit of that for just sitting there and like, no, this is how your culture works. Like, I'm going to make it a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I think also you'd also like, you'd you'd run out of occult, your occult spends at that point. Yeah. So like, you were just kind of like, forget, you you, you forgot <laughs> that it doesn't work. In character, you forgot that that doesn't work that way. <laughs> so basically the prayers just make it to where, she can't see me. So she didn't see the bat that passed through her immaterial form when I hit her with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it just, it, she doesn't acknowledge it. So yeah. Yeah. I felt a little bad <laughs> when that happened because I was like worried that that was like taking your agency a little bit, but it was also a horror game. So <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that, that probably had a good conversation for another day. I thought it was great. Like, I think that, you know, I was going in the wrong direction and I'm all about like, if it moves a plot along and stuff like that, but I think you made a great decision 
a direct a directorial decision and like this entire thing that I was yeah you're you're pushing more for the western like mentality of like how this would help you and it was more of an eastern belief <laughs> that was that was happening and you know I roll a hit I spent whatever I had left boom it connects and nothing and then you and had it, me get grabbed yep and then I let Travis have one more chance to save you and by god he did it and you know you made it pitiful at the end like Poe yeah because yeah Poe because <laughs> well, again that was something that we had, me and my buddies had talked about on El Dente was that like or I, I suggested like like what if this is like a monster another childish thing scenario where this was your monster or like it marked you back in, in childhood and yet, yeah, it might have taken you somewhere and you would have never seen your family again, but it wasn't going to ever, it, it may not have, like, death wasn't, may not have been the outcome by being taken by it. Because, again, in the story, like, we never know why or what it does to the people, to the kids that it takes. It it just, it takes kids. It's like the Pied Piper. Like, where did all those kids go? Did they die or did they end up some to some, like, paradise place? Because I remember that being a thing in the story of Pied Piper. Like, there's, like, a, there's a, uh, like, it, he takes all the children of, that town to some like mystical land beyond like this crevice and the, and the one child that survived or the one child that was remaining couldn't go because uh, they, he couldn't keep up because I think his leg was broken or something or his leg was uh, like, was limp or something or is like, like uh, he was lame of some sort. Yeah. That lame. That's what I remember. Yeah. Um, so, but so he was left behind and like, but he saw like this like golden land or something beyond the the rock crack of the, the the crack in the mountain that the pipe piper led all the children to that's how i kind of remember that's one of the, the the versions of the story i remember so it's i kind of had that idea a little bit in mind of like what if this creature doesn't just like take you like and like you're you die or you end up in hell like what if it takes you to some like place like some ch- some childlike like paradise or something like that and it was just trying to get you uh, like get you back basically <laughs> yeah but then <laughs> but then your ending was just so like <laughs> so sad and so dark <laughs> if i remember correctly like so father comes in saves the day puts me up all my family just to, like the men of the family or whatnot to kind of mask the scent yeah. i'm taken to an airport and basically i think i go to paris yeah, you uh, were given a choice to go to whatever continent you wanted to that wasn't Asia and wasn't Amer- North America or America at all, because uh, you're basically skipping across the ocean to try and like evade her. And yeah, you chose Paris. You know, kind of think it would have been a better ending if it had got me, because I wasn't a good person. I was yeah. a uh, lecherous kind of person, and you know, if I think it also would have made like it knowing that going in that I was not. I was not really the good guy. There was no good guy in that, that if I had been grabbed, that would have been, uh, did you ever, did you ever see the movie? Um, Oh God, it has this Vin Diesel and then they had a sequel and it goes like completely bad shit, fucking crazy. Uh, I want to say Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. yeah God. Anything. Triple X. Like, uh, pitch Dark. Oh, uh, Pitch Black. A pitch yeah. black, and then it went into Chronicles of Riddick and stuff like that, and even had a video game. Like, yeah, yeah, it went from a sci-fi to a, sci- a space epic. Yeah, it would. I don't know if that's an indication of that man's ego or what. I mean, I think it's ambitious, and well, yo, kudos for you for trying. But shit, I mean, he is a D and D player, so yeah, that's um, true. I, 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 I think I, I like the ending the way it turned out for for um your name, your character's name. Uh oh, Marcus Sato. Yeah. God, Dankness eighty nine was Travis. <laughs> of yeah, Marcus like ending up as a Buddhist priest in Paris in constant fear of his life for the creature that doesn't like doesn't show up <laughs> or like or just in constant fear of it ever showing up. I think that was a great ending to that character. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see him as an old man maybe returning to Japan and just like fuck it. <laughs> see what happens yeah but. I, I i'm not gonna lie the other day i was actually like what is like man i wonder if i should like have him pop up again like as an npc in some game <laughs> like just like you guys have to like go like talk to some old uh, some old buddhist priest in paris or something like that and it's, just, <laughs> it's just your old character oh god he's very haggard <laughs> yeah, very paranoid <laughs> 
But yeah, that was pretty much the scenario. And like, I don't remember if this was on mic or off mic, but yeah, you were just like, you had decided that if it had took me, then I would have been whisked away to a magical place and I would be a child happy forever. Oh, that was definitely on recording. I, I recall that being like suggested at the end. Oh Lord. Like kind of as like, a, I, I like how, like, I like, I like bringing that. I like to bring that up for the ending because it's kind of helps uh, hammer in like the, the horror because it's the horror of like you, you done fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like even, even though you, you beat the monster, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I think it was, so it was absolutely beautiful. And I was super, that was, a, that was just a random Saturday game that you had, you had free time. So yeah, yeah I, I thought that would be a, a great topic for us here. So yeah, that was the scenario. If you, didn't take our heed or warnings or however I want to say that, or leave in when I edit this, go out and uh, check it out. It'll be on El Dente Mortis. So yeah, that was pretty much uh, the game that we played. Uh, had had tons of fun with it. And to kind of get back to our original uh, concept idea here, uh, creepypastas are definitely a uh, resource that a game master could use for inspiration for their games, but that makes some game masters. Thornsburg, you're firing on all cylinders tonight. <laughs> anyway, I was wanting to ask you, is there any other creepypastas that, you, that you've encountered that you thought were like rich in uh, potential game material? Uh, yeah, actually, we got a ton. Also, I'd just like to point out that like the, the people who are listening to your show, and then listening to my show, and then I assume listening to the game first, they're getting like three helpings of the same of like of like behind the scenes content and like and uh, like the uh, the kitchen work of of, <laughs> uh, of a scenario of a game scenario. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Like it's funny. But yeah, we've actually me and uh, some people from uh, another podcast, uh, Maple Syrup Blood Money, uh, Kyle Cardi and Noah Carden. We've talked about we've had a couple of episodes on El Dente called uh, that we've kind of as the subtitle of Monster Stocks where we take creepy monsters um, from like legends and stuff and like give them the spotlight for like material to use as creepypastas or even gameable material, which um, happened in the later episodes, uh, specifically the, the Toronto tunnel monster episode, which was episode 196 and the Penangalan, which was episode 251 uh, of El Dente Rigamortis. Uh, both of those are basically ones where we talked about, two monsters um, and like how we would have used them in a uh, creepypasta or more like creepypasta-esque like gaming fodder kind of stuff. The tunnel monster was basically kind of like more of like a fear. It's- I could have run, I could probably run it in a fear itself game or Delta green where you're playing as like ton- uh, subway tunnel, mo- uh, tunnel engineers for um, Toronto. Cause a little known fact about Toronto. Um, we've got a large underground infrastructure uh, with subway systems and, the uh, the underground marketplace known as the Path, um, and there's a urban legend in Toronto of the Toronto Tunnel Monster of Cabbage Town, which was one of the colloquial names for Toronto back in the 30s. So, and there's all manner of things around uh, Toronto that you could incorporate. Like, uh, if you want to use Saucer Watch from Delta Green, there are legends in Toronto of an underground and underwater uh, UFO base uh, in Lake Ontario, like in the harbor of Toronto. There are Supposedly, the Toronto Tunnel Monster is tied to stories that some crackpots have said uh, of a of a monster city living under in the uh, underground rivers of Toronto. Because a lot of Toronto's river systems vanished, but they didn't go; they didn't just disappear. They went under. They basically um, developed them underground, and uh, they've also recently discovered in like the last couple of decades, uh, literally subterranean river caves uh, under the streets of Toronto. Oh wow! So there's a ton of like material with the Toronto Tunnel Monster, and it's just it, it literally spawned out of uh, some old man who lost some kittens in the 30s, posted or like talked to a newspaper, and a newspaper article created this monster. And the Penangalan uh, we talked about on that episode um, using Little Fears, which Adam, you you have experience playing in Little Fears, <laughs> quite some, uh, and kind of like combining it like Little Fears and maybe even Fear itself. Or like another gumshoe system, because Little Fears and Gumshoe seems to have a, a similar motif. Just one's an adult one, one's a children one, and uh, or even uh, like maybe using even using like Bubble Gumshoe 
the uh, the Nancy Drew or Hardy Boys style gumshoe system. Yeah. Uh, to do like basically a Scooby Doo esque monster or like monster scenario, like where you're trying to figure out who the monster is or like trying to escape the monster. We talk about basically at length in that episode how a scenario would run that. And I think we ended up also like coming up with some ideas of like maybe we should like all the three of us run a different type of uh, scenario, uh, like using the same material, but run it in two in different systems. Okay. To see uh, how it would work. We haven't gotten there yet. Obviously we haven't, hasn't really been brought up lately, <laughs> but they're ideas, they're fodder. They're like, it's brainstorming sessions, essentially. Or yeah. it's, uh, as I've recently called them, the kitchen segments. <laughs> There's also uh, in terms of creepypastas, our Halloween episode this year was Polybius and Mikey, the East dance for evil came up with an, a gonzo men in black Delta green esque scenario where you're in the eighties and you have to um, basically track down um, these arcade cabinets that are actually camouflaged containment units for aliens that are like psychic vampires. Like they just hide inside these cabinets and feed off of people's like hand-eye coordination and for gaming. Like it's all being projected mentally to them. Otherwise the screen's just blank or static. <laughs> uh, and behind it is basically this, this alien that's feasting psychically off of, off of uh, the person's like cognitive ability. And uh, like, we even had an idea where like it, one of them ate too, like there's too much there. It, it got uh, one of the cabinets got too popular. And basically the creature exploded inside the cabinet because it ate too much thoughts. Oh God. <laughs> it, it, it ate too much. Basically that it, it just blew up. So that was another, that was one. We recently did an episode. I actually sent you a link to it, uh, Adam. Uh, Beyond Stars and Ice, I believe, is what I oh, is what it was that called. Was the Cthulhu one. Yeah, and I swear to God, like if that person, like that person, the person who wrote it, uh, give me a second. I can just quickly pull I've it up. I just pulled it up right now. <laughs> cool. I I finished reading it and sent you the link for that, like to that episode, because it is just. It it just oozed mountains of madness, Call of Cthulhu, the stories themselves. But like, it, by God, if you can't make a Trail of Cthulhu or old school 1920s Call of Cthulhu or like 1910 Call of Cthulhu scenario of a bunch of of sailors stuck in the ice in the Antarctic and like cosmic horror, pulpy, like not even really pulpy. It's more like like the the more like kind of purest purist call of cthulhu stuff because like everyone goes insane or dies or in that in that pasta in that creepypasta it's just such a a um a love letter to cosmic horror and like lovecraftian horror in a similar way uh, the the author um goes by the moniker mr dupin and they did another story we did called of blood gold and holy light and by god if that wasn't a grim dark gothic horror like or gothic like like or dark fantasy like something that i could just take that and just plant it into zweihander and <laughs> I, I mean i could probably also do the same thing with uh with beyond um beyond the uh, between stars and ice or between ice and stars yes i could probably take that into zweihander as well because they also have like um uh rules for like uh like colonial america or colonial gothic i think yeah is one of the things so it's like basically like turn of the century like Guns are kind of a new thing, but it's mostly like kind of like Renaissance, medieval, like tech level. Yeah, no, there's like those those ones c- come to mind the most for Game of Fodder. But a lot of the like just really a lot of our creepypastas that we've read on the show, I've gleaned like inklings of ideas in all manner of in all manner of measurement <laughs> of like how much of the story can just be used or just taken and like uh transformed into a scenario like even the ones that we did uh, a couple months ago um you me and travis uh with the um uh the the state or provincial creep bosses that we discussed yeah uh, i believe we also did talks about those ones so yeah like there's a lot of them in our episodes that are just gameable fodder and uh, we've really been touching on that in the last year and i guess it kind of comes back to what i was i was taught this when i was um going through creative writing courses in college that to be a good writer you've got to be a good reader and i would assume that the more and more exposure you get to this kind of material is just i mean informing your decisions even the ones that aren't so the decisions you make in a game that aren't so obvious Mm -hmm. when you're doing it that's just you're kind of absorbing all this as you go on yeah yeah just like just absorbing all the like like little nuggets of like material that 
you personally can like see or like you favor uh, in a story and just making it your own. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on here on such short notice. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. And I look forward to, you know, more uh, creepypasta discussions and gaming for the year 2020. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. So real quick before we uh, sign off here, if you wouldn't mind, uh, could you tell the nice folks on the Internet uh, where they can find you and all your fine uh, products that you provide? <laughs> That's probably a horrible services. Where can they find where can, where can we find you? Well, again, my name's Review Cultist on Twitter. Uh, so if you want to talk to me there, you can get a hold of me there. It's Review Cultist, all one word. Like I said, and like multiple times on this podcast, I have a podcast called El Dente Rigamortis. It's on Podbean, on iTunes, probably most podcast streaming sites or streaming platforms. We talk about creepypastas every week and. Most of the time, it's discussions, critique, and generally a review of would we recommend it or would we not. It's all our opinions. Um, nothing's perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. We also have uh, uh, my new podcast, One Less Die, which is a Shadowrun and gaming actual play podcast. The And gaming is the other campaigns that I've finally gotten around to editing and are placing on the off weeks. <laughs> Basically, the last seven, eight years of my life of, uh, as, a, as a GM, as a DM, a keeper, game master, whatever you call them now, my learning of different systems, different ways of gaming, honing my craft for the, the, the genre particular I love, which is investigative horror and pulpy action. If you like Shadowrun, if you like Call of Cthulhu, if you like D20, and if you like a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of friends getting together and playing tabletop games that's basically what we do uh much like rpx and our other friends <laughs> <laughs> just one big happy family yeah and al dente at least um has a email uh al dente rigamortis at gmail.com that's a-l-d-e-n-t-e-r-i-g-a-m-o-r-t-i-s at gmail.com where you can also leave us suggestions for other creepy bosses you'd like to discuss on the show so we we generally try to bump up any um uh, listener uh, suggested content uh, to the top of the list. Otherwise, it's just me and my buddies figuring out what story we're going to read and discuss for the week. So awesome! A little bit of uh, interactivity there for the fan base. Yeah, I mean that's how you you build a uh, uh, build a listenership is yeah. interactivity. If it works for the the uh, McElroy brothers, it'll work for us. <laughs> yes. So. I definitely will put the links to all that information in the show notes here. And if you would uh, like to reach out to the Real Point Exchange, we can be found at uh, www.realpointexchange.com. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Real Point Exchange. And we are on Twitter at, at R-P-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E. And we also have a Patreon. If you would like to get uh, early episodes or listen to some of our behind the wall uh content we do produce a monthly uh patreon show called uh, beyond the wall patreon because i'm real clever like that and it's just it's kind of like the talkie episodes we have here on rpx on, on rpx but it's less tabletop focused and just more kind of across the board so it's just you know whatever kind of topic is it kind of suits our fancy at the moment like i'm actually going to record it tomorrow and i'm going to try to talk about christmas horror movies or the horror that is Christmas, because you know, see, but have, have you guys have you seen uh, Rare Exports? I have not seen Rare Exports. It is a Finnish Christmas movie, SCP esque, in that it is an organization in Finland that is containing in a warehouse Santa, uh, the Finnish version of Santa, which is actually closer to Shubnigaroth, the Black Goat of the Woods. <laughs> oh Lord! And it and uh, his. Uh, the uh the the warehouse and the organization is besieged by uh santa's helpers which are basically mall santas like or like horrific humanoid beings that disguise themselves as santa uh like as as like as as mall santas like almost like come at the the place in like zombie hordes and the whole thing is is also like is basically just a traipsing for a a family drama between a a a son and his father who are in charge of the organization (laughs) And dealing with like the grief of like uh, I think the the mother or um, and slash wife 
passed away previously and like they're they're coping with that but they're also dealing with this like weird utilitarian like maintenance group that <laughs> watches over an eldritch horror that is santa <laughs> I'd, um, I'd need to watch that in the next 24 hours. So I can, <laughs> I can, guess, guess what the fuck I got for you. <laughs> Have you seen it? I mean, if, if, is Patrick going to be on there? Uh, so far, no. So far, it's just going to be Aaron and D. But okay. like, <laughs> I'm just going to say because I'm pretty like I, if Patrick hasn't heard of it, I'd be surprised. Oh, he's a he's a real verse person. I'm sure he's. He, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, 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 I myself need to finish watching that movie. But like everything I've seen of it, like it, it's just, yeah, it's. It, I want that to be a new Christmas mo- tradition. <laughs> it sounds like a worthy one. Awesome. Well, review cultist Crazon, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and look forward to gaming with you again. Absolutely. And to all of you tuning in, thanks for uh, listening to us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Wait, sleep well. <laughs> oh.